0: Tonight, I'm going to be preaching a sermon called 10 Conditions of Answered Prayer. 10 Conditions of Answered Prayer. Uh, And i got to be honest with you. I did not just, I'm not that clever, I'm not that amazing. This was directly inspired by Finnis Dake's study notes on on some verses that we're going to look at. And I want to encourage you guys. If you don't, you can write this name down you need to look into purchasing a Dake annotated reference Bible. If you don't have a Dake annotated reference Bible, go buy one of those suckers. They're like 75 bucks, but I'm telling you, it's it's literally like Bible college in a book. It's amazing. It's an amazing resource. And so Dake, he made a note uh, under prayer. He, you know, there's this huge kind of place in the back where you can look up different topics and I was reading a verse and and it really the Lord was speaking to my heart about it and so I said yeah I'm going to dig into the dake I'm going to see some of the insight he pulls into this and he made this note called 10 conditions of answered prayer and it goes along with what we've been preaching recently when I read it it just blessed me and so I kind of took some of those points that he was making and 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 added some things to it as well but I want you to hear this tonight 10 conditions of answered prayer yeah, we're turning to a scripture that you guys maybe have never heard before, okay? Uh, so if you have your Bible, turn to Mark 11, 22 through 24. I'm not sure if you're very familiar with that scripture. Uh, if you go to this church, you're probably, if you don't go, you're like, what the heck? If you go here, you're probably laughing because we preach on, I preach on this verse all of the time. And it's amazing. You know, Kenneth E. Hagan spent his entire life preaching Mark 11, 22 through 24, and I mean, uh, you know, some of the people that I've met that were a part of Raymond, Rhema Bible College while Kenneth Hagin was still alive, they said that he could spend an entire semester preaching out of Mark 11, 22 through 24, every day, an hour a day, preaching out of those two verses. Isn't that crazy? For like six months, can you imagine every day preaching about the same, and it's not the same thing. It's fresh revelation. There's just so much There's just so much revelation to pull out of it. And so, Mark 11, 22 through 24, I remember somebody asked Kenneth Hagin, he said that some dude talked to him and said, Brother Hagin, don't you know how to preach anything else than Mark 11, 22 through 24? And he said, yeah, sure I do, but when you get that, then I'll move on to the other stuff. Because it's, I'm telling y'all, it's so important. Oh my goodness. Uh, So let's go ahead and read it. I'm gonna read it in the New King James. Um, so Jesus answered to them have faith in God for assuredly I say to you whoever says to this mountain be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes those things which he says will be done he will have whatever he says Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Amen. That's a little bit different than how most Christians think about prayer, right? Most Christians think about prayer as we're just throwing stuff up. God, if it be your will. But yet Jesus is saying, no, you can speak to a mountain. You can command it to move. If you believe the things that you say and do not doubt, you can have whatever you say. Therefore, whatsoever you desire, say, I desire. I'm going to open up a whole other reality tonight so that you can get over this, God, if it be your will, junk, and business that keeps you bound and entrapped. In this verse, it doesn't say whatsoever things God desires. It says, whatever you desire. And I'm telling you, I might offend a religious devil, but it's the God honest truth, what the Bible says. So here's his note. First, this is what intrigued me, his note for this is, he says here, faith without doubting is the condition to meet if one wants the fulfillment of the benefits, all right? If you want mountains to move, if you want answers to prayer, if you want the thing that you desire to actually come to fruition and you see it materialize in your hand, he says, Faith without doubting is the condition to meet if someone wants the fulfillment of the benefits. He says, the prediction or promise is that everyone, say everyone, so this is for anybody. This isn't just for pastors or preachers or anointed people. You know, we think some people are more anointed or whatever, more gifted, more called, more blessed, more chosen by God. No, this is conditions we're going to give you that anybody... Can grab a hold of these things. Anyone who meets these conditions will be answered, even, he says this, even to the moving of mountains. Amen. So basically, if you'll meet these conditions, no matter who you are, how old you are, how young you are in the faith, if you'll meet these conditions, anybody will get the answers to their prayers, even to the extent of mountains moving. Say, mountains moving. So let's go ahead and just dive right into it tonight. I don't want to waste any of your time. Number one, here's the first condition. First condition of answered prayer, number one, have the faith of God. I want you to write that down. Have the faith of God. I know that if you've gone to this church, you've heard me talk about this in passing a little bit, but I want to talk about it a little bit more. Have the faith. Do you see that word of Very specific, not have faith in God, have the faith of God. So, look at Mark 11, 22. Put that up in the New King James. Right, so Jesus says, he starts this whole discourse off and he says, he answered to them and said, have faith in God. That's what we read in the English. But if you actually study in the Greek, I've told you guys this, but I want to say it again. If you study this in the Greek, the word in is not in that sentence so it actually reads the word for faith is the word pistis right pistis sounds like a piston anybody that works on cars knows what a piston is probably way better than i do but that's what faith is is related to is this word pistis uh and the word god is the word theos like where we get the word theology So in the Greek, it says, have pistis theos, or have thistos theos pistis. So basically what that means is, he says there's no in in the sentence. So he says this, have God faith. Have God faith. Jesus didn't say have faith in God. No, he was saying have the faith of God. Have God-like faith. Have God faith. If you'll have God faith, he said, you can move a mountain. You can speak, and whatever it is that you say or you desire, it will come to pass just as you said it. You can pray for anything, and if you believe that you received it, you will have it. Say, I will have it. Jesus never, never taught this form of prayer where we just go around praying and, and, you know, we never see anything. That's why so many Christians are hard-hearted and they're atheists because they've quote-unquote prayed, and they've never seen anything come to pass. It's like, you know, we're supposed to serve this God that's dead, that doesn't hear us, that doesn't move, that, man, how come I've wanted and desired these certain things, prayed for these certain things, and it's never happened? Oh, they don't understand prayer. Tonight, I'm gonna help you understand even what prayer really is. And so, Jesus says, have God faith. Here's the question. If we have God faith, we can move mountains. Anything we say will come to pass, right? So here's the question, what does it mean to have God faith? If that's the first condition to getting answers to the things that we pray is having God faith, what does it mean to have God faith? Well, look at Romans four seventeen. It says, as it is written, I have made thee the father of many nations, this is in the King James, before him who believed, even God who quickened the dead, Look at this, God who quickened the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. So how does God operate? It says he calleth those things which be not as though they were. I want you to say call. God calls things that are not as though they were. I want to read the same verse in the New King James. It says, I have made you the father of many nations, talking about Abraham. And in the presence of him who he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. I'm going to read it to you now in the Amplified. It says, in the sight of him and who believed God, that is, God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. Grab a hold of that. God calls into being the things that don't exist. Look at this in the Passion Translation. Talking about Abraham, it says, He is our example and father, for in God's presence he believed that God can raise the dead and call into being things that don't even exist yet. Say, he calls forth. Say it again. Say, he calls forth. So here's the picture that it's painting. What does God do when something isn't there? If there's nothing there, what does God do? He calls it forth. Say that. He calls it forth. He calls things that are not there into being. What does God do when there's something missing? He calls forth. What does God do when something doesn't even exist? Guess what? He calls it into being. He calls it forth hallelujah. This is, the Bible teaches this is God. This is the faith of God. This is how God operates. This is how God does things. He calls it forth. I hope that you get into this type of understanding. Jesus said we have to have God faith, right? Well, man, I'm believing for a job opportunity that doesn't even exist. What does God do to things that don't even exist? He calls them into being. Man, this will change your life if you get a hold of this. He calls it into being. So you see, step one, I want you to say step one. Jesus said up front, Mark eleven twenty two. the first step in moving the mountain is you've got to step into God faith. Right? You've got to step into God faith, or you could say it like this, you've got to start thinking like God. Well, Brother John, you don't understand. There's something majorly missing in my life. You're not thinking like God because God don't think like that. If there's something missing in, in, in God's path, you know what he does? He calls it forth and he calls it into being. Hallelujah. So you've, if step one, you've got to get into God faith, you've got to start thinking like God. If you don't start with this understanding, you will get to you will never i'm sorry you'll never get to the results or you'll never get the results that you're praying for so i want to help paint this picture for you a little bit more look at hebrews 11:3 it says by faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at god's command so say by faith by faith god formed the entire com- universe what at his command at his command at his command how does god do things at his command he calls them forth right he at his command he formed the entire universe and it says that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen hallelujah I hope that that even encourages you. Maybe you're believing for something. You're saying, man, I don't see anything. I don't even see a residue of the thing that I'm releasing my faith for. Well, it doesn't matter. Everything that you can see didn't come from anything that that was seen. It came from nothing. He called it forth. God can call something out of nothing. Amen. And apparently, you'll get the revelation in a minute. No, you don't got it yet, because some of y'all are still staring at me like, I don't know, I'm kind of confused. You'll get this revelation of, of what Jesus was saying for us to operate like God and do the same thing. So, it says in the same verse, Hebrews eleven three, 3, the Passion Translation, it says, faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. Say the power of God's words. Did you know that God's words have power? Did you know that your words have power as a born-again believer? That we don't create by the blood, sweat, and tears, and the the breaking of our backs. We create by the power of our words, just like God. It says he spoke, and listen, listen to this, and in the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. He spoke, and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. So what do you think about this? When God wanted a world, he wanted a planet. Did God say, oh, shucks, I really wish that there was a planet down there. Is that what God did? When God wanted life on the planet, is that what he did? Oh, shucks, it sure would be nice if there was just some life down there. And No, that's not what God did. When God wanted a son, when he wanted a child, is that what he did is just, oh, I sure wish that I had a, a child, a son to call my own. No, that's not what he did. You know what he did? He called it forth. Listen to this, stop being consumed by what you don't have and step into God's way of faith and call forth what you want. Hallelujah. I'll read it one more time. Stop being consumed by what you don't have and step into God's way of faith. What is God's way of faith? He calls things forth into being. Call forth what you want tell you something we complain because we don't have but yet we don't have because we don't call it forth look at James 4 2 you want what you don't have so you scheme and kill to get it you're jealous of what others have but you can't get it so you fight and wage war to take it away from them Y'all, I'm going to tell you that that's kind of the summary of human existence. What do we want when we, what do we do when we want something? We scheme. We labor. We work. There's people, they think, if I want something, man, I got to step on people. I've got to put in the, the blood, the sweat, the time, the, the breaking of my back. I got to put in the labor. I got to climb up this ladder. Yet that's not what God said. He says, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. I want you to say, ask That word ask, it means this. It means to call for or to require. The word ask, it doesn't mean you go and ask a question. Oh, you know, daddy, can I have a chocolate chip? And daddy sits there and says, no, you didn't eat your breakfast like my three-year-old. You don't get a chocolate chip today. That's not what this word ask means. It means to call forth or to require. Say to call forth, to require it. Amen. So think about this. He says you don't have what you want. So you kill, you scheme, you do all these things trying to obtain it, yet you don't have what you want because you don't call it forth. If there's ever something that we don't have in our life, it's not because God doesn't want us to have it. It's because we're not operating in our faith and our authority and calling it into being. Amen. You don't call it forth or you don't require it. I want you to say require. You know, only somebody that stands in authority can require something. We're, we're bringing, as of Monday, we're bringing Bryson on as our first intern of this church. And guess, you know what, he's going to see something. He's going to see Pastor John requiring a few things of him. Right? But I want you to think about that word require. To ask means to require something. You've got to understand your authority. To look at the world around you. To be able to speak to the earth and, and require it to yield something to you. Right? The only way that you can do that is understanding your authority and understanding who you are. That you can speak to the earth and understand, I have dominion over you. This is something that. I need and I am requiring, it must come forth. You call it forth. So Jesus is saying in this verse in Mark 11, 22 through 24, uh, he's talking about have the God kind of faith. You could say to this mountain, move, and it will be uprooted and cast into the sea. So basically what Jesus is saying is how would God deal with this? If a mountain stood in God's way, What would God do if he was walking down a path and a mountain just was standing right in the middle of his path that he needed to go straight and there was a mountain standing there? How would God deal with that situation? Would God say, oh, dang it, shucks, there's a mountain. I guess I better go home. Is that what God would do? No, Jesus said that God would say move and the very mountain would jump out of the way. Hallelujah. So here's the point. He's saying you have to begin to think like this. You've, step one, you've got to receive God faith. Amen. And I'm not going to go over all of this in depth, but how, how is it that we can have God faith? You need to understand this. Jesus would not have said to have God faith if we couldn't. Jesus would not have commanded in Mark eleven twenty two to operate like God, call things forth that don't even exist, call them into fruition, have the God, the, the theos pistis. He would have never have said that if it was impossible for us to do it, right? He would have never have said to move the, fa- move the mountain and act like God if it was impossible. So how is it possible? You need to understand this. You can write this down. Jesus brought us back to factory settings, I watched this video. I thought it was so funny. If any of you guys follow me on Facebook, I posted this video. of Have you ever seen the slap contests? Yeah, you've seen the slap contests? There's actual contests where you stand across the table from one another. Boom, you just take turns slapping each other. And the first one that falls down or whatever loses. And it was so funny. It was this big old boy and this guy that had like a like face implants and piercings and he had his eyes tattooed he looked like the devil and he like slaps this big old country boy and the guy just like stands there doesn't move and then he he starts rearing back and anyways there's this african commentary and he's like satan you will never win satan you cannot win And then he, like, slaps this guy, and he falls down like the little devil-looking dude. I mean, this is a real thing. Falls backwards, like, knocks the fire out of this guy. And he's like, Jesus is Lord. I mean, it's just hilarious. He says that he just returned him back to factory setting. That guy woke up baptized in the Holy Ghost, ready to go get a job application at Chick-fil-A. Jesus returns us back to factory settings, basically what that means is, I want you to understand this, Jesus' blood made us holy and righteous, and now the Spirit of God fills us and resonates us as the sons of God. I'm gonna give you a few scriptures and, and help you tie this together. John 1, 12, it says, but to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Say, children of God. You know who the first child of God was? Adam. Adam was the first son of God. And then when sin entered into the world, people weren't truly children of God. I mean, they were made in the image and likeness of God, but that God nature had been taken out of them. And so when Jesus was born of a virgin woman, if you've ever wondered why, you know, why was Jesus born as a, a, from a virgin? Why does the Bible say his mother was a virgin? They think that that's just some kind of religious folklore. No, it's because Jesus was born of a virgin. He had no earthly father. The Bible says that the sins of the father are passed down through their sons. So basically what that means is Jesus was born without sin nature. He was born of a virgin. He was born without sin nature. And so that's why God, when he was baptized, the heavens opened up and the Lord said, this is my son. He identified him as a child of God. Well, why why am I even telling you that? Well, you need to understand Adam in the garden. You read the book of Genesis. Adam had all authority over the earth. You know why? Because the son of God has all authority over the earth. Adam could speak to animals and whatever he said, that's what they became. Adam had the total rule and dominion and authority over the planet. And Jesus as a son of God, you ever wonder why he was able to, you know, do these miracles? The power of God. He possessed, as a son of God, he could multiply bread and fish, walked on water, I mean, did things that are, humanly speaking, possible. Well, he did it because he was a son of God. Right? He had the DNA of his father. He had the faith of God. He was like God. And he was God. Jesus wasn't just like God. He is a member of the Godhead. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But I want you to see this. Romans 8, 15 through 17, it says, You've not received the spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we're God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we share his glory, we must also share his suffering. So the Spirit of God, what does it say? It makes us sons of God. If you're a woman, you're still a son of God. We say sons and daughters, but I mean sons. It, it's the same thing, right? You can be, you're, you're a woman and you're a child of God. So last scripture, and I want to tie this together. Galatians 5.22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, Faith. I want you to say faith. One of the fruits of the Spirit is faith. So, listen to this. Our sonship has been reinstated by faith due to the blood of Jesus and confirmed by the Holy Spirit. Basically, that means we act as Adam acted before the fall and Christ acted on the earth. We act as Adam acted before the fall and Christ acted on the earth. Hallelujah. So the Spirit of God makes you a son and then produces fruit of the sonship is faith. Faith, what? The Godlike faith. The pistis theos. Are y'all following me? So, number one condition to answered prayer is we have to be in god's way of faith god's way of being we have to call those things that are not as though they were so that's going to piggyback right to number two here's the second uh condition of answered prayer number two write this down ready you'd never believe the second condition for answered prayer what do you have to do if you want prayers answered number two you have to pray Right, pray. Number two, pray. Takes note, for the ten conditions of answered prayer, he said pray, but then he wrote this note that I thought it was amazing. It says, pray, and then he elaborates, it's to say in no uncertain terms what you want. We'll come back to that. But to say in no uncertain terms what it is that you want. I want you to write this down. I know I have you doing a lot of writing, but write this down. Praying is saying. Praying is saying. I'm going to share something with you that was revelatory for me. Praying is saying. When people think about praying... They think in their mind, going to God and asking God to do this and asking God to do that, and that's what praying is, right? You go to God, and you're kind of having this communication with God, and you're, you're asking the Lord for the chocolate chip cookie. You're asking the Lord. You're, you're directing everything towards God. That, I mean, really, that's our first thought is everything directed towards God when we're praying, right? That's what most people think, but I'm telling you that this is really where we miss it. Because look at Mark 11, 22 through 24. I'm going to show you something here. Jesus answered them. I'll read it again. Have the faith of God. Have the Theos Pistis. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain. Wait, does he say whoever says to God? No, to the mountain. So hold on. Jesus said if there's a mountain that's in front of you, you don't go speaking to God about the mountain. You go speaking to the mountain, Right? Whoever says to this mountain, not whoever prays to God and asks God to handle the mountain, whoever says to the mountain directly, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, say pray. Believe that you receive them and you will have them. Let me ask you this question How many times is the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit mentioned in this passage? He says, have the faith of God, and then everything else. There's no other reference to God, right? How many times does he mention the Father? Does he mention Jesus, the son? Does he mention the Holy Ghost? No, he doesn't. He mentions the mountain. He mentions the, the obstacle. He mentions the thing that you're targeting with your confession and with your word and with your faith. But yet, then he says this. I actually want to look at it in the NLT. Let me turn there real quick. It says, have, Jesus said, have faith in God, I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. That's really interesting to me. Jesus said, speak to the mountain, and then he literally alludes to speaking to the mountain as praying. Speak to the mountain and tell it to move. I tell you, you can pray for anything. So apparently, Jesus was saying that speaking to the mountain is praying. That's kind of, right, that'll really shake somebody that just like, oh my gosh, you're getting into some weird stuff, John. That sounds really strange, but it's not. I want to tell you this. There's types of prayer where you address God. I'm going to give you the... One, two, three, four different situations in which you would address God. Number one, praise. Say praise. When is it that I go to the Lord in in prayer? What is prayer that's focused on God? Where I make God the subject, I make God the person that I'm communicating to, I make God the kind of direction in which my words are going. Number one, praise. Number two, worship. Number three, thanksgiving types of prayer where you address God, when you praise him, when you worship him, when you're giving, that means you can come and you can direct it right towards the Lord and say, oh, hallelujah, Lord, thank you. This is the day you've made. I rejoice and I'll be glad in it. Hallelujah. I enter into your gates with praise. I enter into your courts with thanksgiving. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Those are types of things that you direct towards the Lord. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that all of your promises have been fulfilled. When I'm praising, when I'm worshiping, when I'm giving thanksgiving, and then here's one more, when is it that we address God in prayer when we need wisdom? James 1 5 through 6 says if you need wisdom ask our generous God and he'll give it to you he'll not rebuke you for asking but when you ask him be sure your faith is in God alone do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of a sea that is blown and tossed by the wind that means if I'm gonna praise if I'm going to worship if I'm going to give Thanksgiving I can direct it towards God or if I need wisdom I can pray and say, Father, I need you to help me understand this situation, this circumstance. I'm reading the word and I'm not really, uh, uh, Lord, can you give me revelation about this? That's when you address God. But I want you to get this. Remember, if it pertains to the earth realm, you don't bring it to God. You stand in your authority using the name of Jesus and call things forth into existence. That right there is where Christians miss it. Jesus, I, I, I really want you to get it. Go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and find one time when Jesus healed the sick and he addressed God. Whenever he healed blind Bartimaeus, did he say, Father, thank you, Lord. Heal blind Bartimaeus right now in, in my name. I will, no, he didn't even mention God. Go, your faith has healed you. The woman with the issue of blood, did he mention the Father? No, he didn't. Go, your faith has healed you. If it pertained to the earth realm, he didn't have to bring it to the Father. He understood his authority over the earth. Amen. So here's my whole point. I'll say it again. If it pertains to the earth realm, you don't... Bring it to God. If you need something to come into existence about your job, stop asking God to bring it into existence. If you want to talk to your job about God, thank him for it, praise him for it, worship him for it, and then ask him wisdom about the situation. And once you get wisdom, you stop directing it at God and you speak to whatever it is, whatever area, whatever mountain, whatever thing that you're believing or needing to come to pass, and you call it forth using the faith of God. Are y'all getting a hold of that? So again, it's not like people are like, oh my gosh, you're talking about prayer, but you're, you're leaving God out. No, you're not leaving God out. You have to do this out of revelation. What do I mean by that? You have to do this out of revelation. And I'm almost done. I only got one more point tonight. Chris had told me I need to cut it shorter on Wednesday nights. She said, I'm pregnant. Can't sit here for two hours. I said, get behind me, Satan. I'm Just kidding. So look at first, you know, I've read this to you, but 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 1, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. It says, 18, as surely as God is faithful, our word to you does not waver between yes and no. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. Did you know that God doesn't waver between yes and no? God doesn't say yes sometimes and no some other times. It says Jesus does not waver between yes and no. He is the one whom Silas, Timothy, and I preach to you as God's ultimate yes say resounding it says for all of God's promises have have been say have been is have been past tense present tense or future tense it's past tense right that means that when Jesus shed his blood all of God's promises were fulfilled with a resounding yes and amen say resounding yes what a result, that word resounding means a continuing echoing. Yes, 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 yes. That means if I ever approach God's word and one of God's promises, it's yes, every single time. Right? So now do you understand why I don't have to address God because God's already addressed it in his word, man. I don't got to address God about the blessing on my life. Lord, i would you please bless me a little bit more? He's, he's already said yes in Christ. He already gave it to us. Therefore, I don't pray to God about it. I stand in the authority of the name of Jesus Christ, and I call things that be not into existence. Are you all with me here? You've got to do it out of revelation. Say revelation. I give you the keys, Matthew 16, 19. Jesus said, I'll build my church. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth, I'll bind in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, I'll loose in heaven. Not whatever be God's will. Lord, if it be your will, please let it happen. That's the type of prayers Christians pray, and nothing happens because that's prayer outside of the word of God. That's prayer that has no revelation behind it and no faith. That's not the God kind of faith. But most Christians, I told y'all, Jesse Duplantis says it. We we pray about the mountain. Stop praying. Tell it to move. So he says all of the promises have been fulfilled. I give you the key. Psalms eight, 8. thirty. I'm not going to read it, but it says he gave human beings charge of everything. Say everything, putting all things under their authority. So in Psalms eight. God made the earth, and it says he gave humans charge of everything on the earth. So if it's on the earth, is this chair on the earth? Then I don't got to pray about that chair. It's under our authority as human beings. Are cars on the earth? Are houses on the earth? Is money on the earth? Then you don't have to pray about those things. Because God has already given us yes, already given us amen, gave us the keys of the kingdom, total authority over the earth. That's why Jesus said, you speak to the mountain. Hallelujah. Man, this is good stuff, I'm telling you right now. So remember, the faith of God calls it forth. Remember Romans 4.17 that we were looking at? Where, where Jesus said, have the faith of God. Have the theos pistis. And we said, what is the faith of God? We read Romans 4.17. I'll read you the, just the last part. What is the faith of God? He calleth those things which be not as though they were. Say, he calleth. You're more spiritual if you put the if on the end of it. I didn't know Mike Tyson, he still reads in the King James. He calleth things. F- no, I'm just kidding. No matter what translation you read, he calls those things which, which be not as though they were. New King James, he calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Amplified, he calls into being that which did not exist. The Passion Translation, he calls into being things that don't even exist yet. Here's the picture you should get. How does God deal with situations? He calls them into being. So why don't Christians get answers to prayer? Because they don't call it in. They don't call it in. How many Christians you know complain about money? Everybody should wave, wave ten hands. Put both hands up, put both le- levitate off the ground, and put both feet up in the air along with your hands. I know that all they do. They just complain about money. How many Christians do you know that speak to the earth and command money to come? Probably like zero because if you heard a Christian doing that, you would think, you're so weird. Why in the heck? Would you do that? But literally, that's what God would do. If he ever found himself in a situation in which he was missing something, he would call the thing that be not into being. (laughs) Amen. Guys, can I tell you something? I'm not just speaking theory to you. We've been doing it. It's been working. I mean, I can't tell you how many testimonies I've sat down with my wife and been like, Look, babe, i got to target something with my faith because we target this and then we target that and we call it forth and we call it done like we've been doing it. and it's just like boom, boom, boom. It just it, it happens. It works. Say it works. But I want, you to, I want you to hear this. You have to do this out of revelation. What do I mean by that? If you don't do this out of revelation, it won't work. If you just listen to what Pastor John says and you write it on your piece of paper and you say, you know what, I'm just going to, I don't, I'm just going to mimic the words. Peter Piper picked a pickled peppers or whatever, you know, I'm just going to mimic the words. It's not going to work. You know when it'll work? When you read the scripture and you get what I'm saying to you. And you're like, okay, now I don't hear somebody else talking about it, I, I see it, it comes alive on the inside of you, and now you're, you understand your authority. You understand the name of Jesus, why he said you can ask anything in my name, and you get what that name means and what that name gave us, and you get the revelation of 2 Corinthians 1 that all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ, and all of a sudden it comes alive in you. That is the moment that you begin speaking and things begin happening because you're speaking from revelation and faith. If you don't get the revelation, then you're just doing what someone else told you to do. And guess what? You're just going to get mad. Oh, it didn't work. No, it does work. You've got to get faith and revelation. Faith comes, Romans ten seventeen by hearing and hearing the word of God may say well I've heard Pastor John preach about some of these points a little bit and I'm going to keep doing it until every single person in this room has testimonies I'm not saying I'm going to preach about this every single service but we're. I mean you've got to hear it and hear it until you get a hold of it until it comes alive so Dake said this for number two you've got to pray say pray Pray, and then when he said pray, he put this line under there. To pray, he meant say in no uncertain terms what you want. Think about that. You need to say what you want with no uncertain terms, is what he said. What he meant by prayer is this basically, very simple be specific. You can't be uncertain. I don't know what I want. What do you want? What do you want, brother? What do you want, sister? Well, I really don't know what I want. Well, I'm telling you, you you have to say with no uncertain terms. You've got to get tar you've got to target something with your words because your words have power. You've got to be able to visualize it. You've got to be able to see it. You've got to be able to get a picture of it in your spirit. And then from the spiritual realm, call it forth and it will be birthed from the unseen world. As we read in Hebrews 11.3 in the Passion Translation. I've heard so many people, again, I hope this runs every religious devil off the online platform. But some of the great ministers of God that have prosperous ministries, that have jets and planes and things the Lord's brought into their possession, you know how they got a hold of that? Was they'll tell you themselves that before they had it, they put a picture of the exact plane they were believing for on their refrigerator. I think it was Crefalo I was listening to, that he needed a plane. Opportunities to preach all over the world opened up, and he's like, man, you know, and you, you why does a why does a preacher need a plane? Well, why don't you get six invitations on three different continents and then ask that question you can't fly commercial when you're preaching in three places you know in a two two day period it's it's actually impossible right so to do the work of the lord that's what's necessary and so and again if that offends you then let it offend the heck out of you because that's just such a dumb poverty mindset to think anyways uh but they're like whatever they needed they would put a picture of it on the refrigerator And what would they do? Not just a picture of a plane, the exact one that they needed, the one they were believing for. You're believing God for a house. Don't just put a, draw a little stick figure house. What house are you believing for? Get a picture of it. Get a specific picture. I ain't just calling any random house that house in Jesus' name. Say, be specific. You cannot be uncertain, that means how much, how many, what is it, what is it specifically? I told y'all this, it's really true, but people say, man, I just believing in God for financial increase, that's great, how much financial increase? Well, I've called in financial increase and guess what? The, you made five extra dollars this month and the Lord, you, you got what you prayed for. Well, that's not what I meant. Well, why don't you say what you mean then? You got problems in your body don't just say lord i I thank you for my healing why don't you get specific don't just pray don't say vague things well i'm healed no this pain this pain in the back on the left side is gone in jesus name i rebuke you in jesus name not just this vague concept of what healing is no i'm targeting something specifically Jesus said you could speak to the mountain, say the mountain. You know, before you can tell the mountain to move, you have to identify what the mountain is. Hebrews 11:1 says faith is the substance of things hoped for. I told you this, I'll tell you again, if you can't target what you're hoping for, faith has nothing to bring into existence. It was, it's been crazy, but I told Carissa, you know, we've been setting specific goals. We've been setting financial goals. That's why in the announcements today, you heard me say, we are calling in 60 people to the services this month. Why am I doing that? Because we're not praying vague prayers. Oh, Lord, you know, we call in increase in Jesus' name, and then one person comes in, oh, hallelujah. No, 60 people, specific goals, specific things. And once you get a vision, once you get target, what it, whatever the thing is that you desire, your faith can come behind it and birth it. Are you all still following me? You need to ask yourself, how much am I believing for? How many am I believing for? What is it I'm believing for? What's the mountain I'm trying to get moved? What am I hoping for? Once you can answer that question specifically, now call it forth from a place of revelation. Number three, what is the last thing? I'm going to go over this. Last condition to answered prayer. This right here, man, if this don't get you jumping and excited, then shoot, I don't know what will. Because this is great. Number three, the third condition. And I want you to, you, you to understand this. These work for anybody. Say anybody. So, so far, anybody that will step into God-like faith, anybody that will say, speak, pray, declare, call it forth, anybody who, number three, Number three is this, to have unlimited faith without qualifying and limiting God's will or what you want. To have unlimited faith. Say unlimited faith. What does it mean to have unlimited faith? That means there ain't no amount that's too much. There ain't no promise that's too big. There's not one thing that's unattainable. That's unlimited faith. To have unlimited faith without qualifying and limiting God's will or what you want. Qualifying or limiting God's will is just being a Christian. Lord, if it be your will, and we just limit God's will to this little box, or limiting what you want. I told you guys, sometimes we don't get, we try to do this faith thing and it doesn't happen. You know why? Because we're, we're, Vision is too small. Your vision's too small. And if the vision's too small, because you're thinking, you know, well, I, I believe God could give me a hundred dollars, but a thousand? Oh, I don't know about that. That just seems unattainable. That seems impossible. And then literally, by setting the bar so low, you're already operating in unbelief. Right? So it's having unlimited faith without qualifying or limiting God's will or what you want. I'm gonna end with this. Therefore I say, I'm gonna to try to be done in the next nine minutes. Therefore I say unto you, look at this, Mark eleven 24. We're gonna break some words down. Therefore I say unto you, Jesus said, what things soever ye desire? Who desires? Us, save me. Whatever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Put that up on the, on the screen, please. Mark 11, 24, in the King James. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. Huntington Boys still talking, King James. Ye, 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 ye. Ye desire, ye pray, ye receive. They call them the yee-yees. So let's break some of these things down. It says whatsoever things, say the word things. Say the word what. What things soever you desire. So that word what, or that word things, is this Greek word, it means this. It means each, every, any, all, the whole, everyone all things, everything. If you haven't been paying attention up to this point, listen to this, because this is worth the whole thing. Whatever things you desire. So we say, well, is it really God's will? Well, let's identify whatever things. Say things. That word things means each, every, any. Say any. So Jesus is basically saying anything that you desire. This this godlike faith, calling things that be not as though they were, it will work for anything. Hallelujah! It's not. It won't only work when you're in problems. It will work for your prosperity. It will work for your healing. It will work for any and all things. It means each and every any all the whole everyone all things everything. So basically, say everything. If it it exists in the universe, it works. If it can be conceived, it works for it, right? So say the word what. So he said what things. That word what is the Greek word hosos. It means as great as, as far as, however much, however many. So let me put these two things together for you. Jesus said you can have whatever you who desires God desires no what you ye desire you can have whatever you desire not only can you have whatever you desire you can have as much as whatever you desire you can have as much of it as you want whatever the thing is that you desire But he was basically saying, "Is there's no ceiling, as great, as great as you can conceive, not only will God give you the thing, I mean, we've got to, say quantity. He said, I'll give you as much of, of the thing you're believing for as you could possibly desire. So, what things you desire, say Desire. So this word desire, it's the same exact word for the word pray. The Greek word, to pray. That word means to call it in, to call it forth, to require it. So let's put this thought together. You can have whatever you want. You can have as much of whatever you want. How do you get as much, how do you, how do you get whatever it is that you want and as much of whatever it is that you want? You pray, you desire, you call it forth, you call it in, you require it. The same way, look at in the context, right? This is Mark 11, 22 through 24. He's basically saying the same way that you point to this mountain and tell it to move, is the same way that it will work in every, every, every other area in your life. Hallelujah. Guys, I'm telling you, you can point to your body in regards to healing. In the same way that you speak to the mountain, whatever you desire, you can have whatever that thing is. This is God's way of being, God's way of thinking, God's way of faith. So he said, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe. Say believe. That word believe in the Greek, it means to be confident or convinced. Believe that you receive. Say receive. That word receive means to take hold, to lay hold, to take up a thing. So you can pray for whatever you want. You can have as much of whatever you want that you pray for. You call it forth. And once you call it forth, he's saying you be confident, convinced that you have taken hold of the thing that you desire. And then what did he say? You shall have them. Say shall have That's a Greek word. It means it will happen. It will take place. So this is not confusing for you. I want to give you this concluding statement here. Whatever you desire and how much of whatever you desire, call it in, call it forth, lay claim to it, and possess it by the authority of your words. Be convinced that you can do what God says you can do, and you will have it. Amen. One more time. Whatever you desire. And how much of whatever you desire. Call it in. Call it forth. Lay claim to it and possess it by the authority of your words. Say my words. Once you call it in and call it forth, you have to become convinced convinced that you have taken hold of it you have to become convinced that you can do what god says you can do and what will be the result you will say i will jesus said you will you shall have you will receive it no ifs ands or buts about it you'll have it if you do this it will work hallelujah so Again, the last point is this, have unlimited faith without qualifying or limiting God's will of what you want. A couple more scriptures. Look at Matthew 17, 20, New King James. They couldn't cast out a demon. And they said, Jesus, why couldn't we cast out this demon? And he said, because of your unbelief. Guys, there's people that maybe be watching this online that are hearing me preach right now that you're like, ah, oh, you know what? I don't believe that. And then we sit here and think, God's not good. God's not good. God doesn't bless people. God doesn't heal people. When they ask Jesus, why didn't we possess what you said we could possess? And he said, Because. Is, is it because God doesn't want you to have it? No, because of your unbelief. And he says. For assuredly, I say to you, if you had faith as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, say it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. So the Greek would read that statement, there is not one thing you cannot do. If you had faith, if you got rid of unbelief and you had faith like a mustard seed, he said, you could speak to a mountain and command it to move, and nothing, say nothing, not one, there would not be one thing that you could not do. Hallelujah. Man, Lord, let him get a hold of this. There's not one thing you can't do. So he says, Nothing will be impossible for who, God? Nothing will be impossible for you, for me. If you have faith, nothing, there's not one thing you can't do, nothing is impossible for you to achieve if you have faith. Matthew 21, 21 through 22, Jesus told them, I tell you the truth, if you have faith, then don't doubt. You can do all things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up, thrown into the sea, it will happen. He says, you can pray for anything, and if you have faith, you will receive it. Say, I will receive it. Does it sound at all like Jesus ever taught this? We just pray, and maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. Can we find examples like that in the Bible? Where do we come up with that crap? Where does that even come from? Jesus taught a formula that works every single time. Say, faith, and God-like faith, not just any faith. Not the little weak watered down thing that we that's hope and wishful thinking that we call faith. No, what the Bible calls faith. So Mark nine twenty-three, Jesus said to them, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So basically the Greek would read that statement. You have power to accomplish all things. If you have faith, what will faith do? It gives you the power, say power, to accomplish all things. You know that word all is the same word that we just talked about. It means each and every, anything, everything. All things. I pray that you guys get a hold of that word all things and begin to put it to work. What? what can i really do on this earth according to the bible jesus said if ye abide in me and my words abide in you ye shall ask say ask what ye will what you will and it will be done unto you lord if it be your will why why, that's so dumb he never taught that your will I know I'm having you repeat a lot, but we're about done. Say ye will, your will. So again, that word in the Greek, it means this. To will, to have in mind, to determine, to purpose, to wish, to love. Say the word ask. The word ask means to call forth or to require. So let's put that in context. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can call forth anything that you will if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can call forth anything that you conceive in your mind. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can call forth anything that you have determined. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can call forth anything that you have purposed, anything that you wish, anything that you love. Call forth what you have in mind, what you have determined, what you've purposed, and what you love and wish. Last scripture, John 15, 16. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit shall shall remain, that whatsoever ye ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Again, that word ask means to call forth and require in my name say in the name of Jesus so Jesus said here's the key to tie all of this together use my name and when you use my name whatever you ask whatever you require in my name must come because his name is the key of David He said in Matthew 16:19, I give you the keys of the kingdom. What you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's the key spoken of in Isaiah 20:22, 20, 22:22, That you'll open a door that no man can shut and shut any door that no man can open. The name of Jesus. I want you to think about this. The name of Jesus gives us as human beings the right to enter into the highest court of heaven and to speak on the earth, and the universe has to comply with what we say when we use that name. Everybody's nodding their heads like, yeah, but then we're always sick, we're always bound, we're always broke down about things. We're not seeing this, we're not seeing that. We don't get the revelation. Why did he say, pray for whatever you desire, believe that you receive it, and you will have it every single time? Why would he say that? Because he, we, he, he, he meant that we had to understand, get this revelation of the name of Jesus. That name puts me in authority. That name puts you in authority on the earth. Hallelujah. It's the key. Say it's the key. I want you to think about the name of Jesus is the key to unlock any door. You go up to a door, it's closed. Oh, can't get into it. Prosperity's closed to me. Healing's closed to me. Opportunity's closed to me. The blessing's closed to me. The Bible says that key is the name of Jesus. When you say in the name of Jesus, the door opens. It's the key to any door, to all things, to anything. Hallelujah thank you Jesus basically what Jesus said when you use my name you'll do what I did you'll multiply bread and fish you'll heal the sick you'll raise the dead you'll cast out demons you'll do all of these things in my name because everything on the earth and in the universe complies to the name which is given above every name the name of Jesus hallelujah well did that help anybody tonight Well, good. Let me pray over you, and I'll dismiss you. Some of y'all go meditate on it. Some of y'all go take a nap, whatever you want to do. Lord's going to bless you anyways. Lord, thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, these people are blessed. They listened to the whole thing. They didn't get out and run out of the room. I decree this, that they are the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. And anybody that will put this to work and get a revelation and begin to call things forth from a place of God faith a place of revelation the world will comply with what they say using that name I decree it testimonies in the name of Jesus miracles in the name of Jesus Opportunities that, that I mean that' are just the multi-million dollar level opportunities in the name of Jesus. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is too hard for us to possess or achieve if we have faith. Thank you, Lord. I decree it in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. These people are blessed. And everyone said, Amen. Hallelujah. Y'all give the Lord just a a praise offering tonight as we dismiss. Lord, bless them for being hearers of the word in Jesus' name. If you would like to sow a seed or partner with this work that the Lord is doing, check out the description of this podcast or go to www.rhctx.com forward slash give. You can find all the ways to give on that page. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. Until next time, this is John Wallace.